Hey, my go-getters, Christy here. Welcome to the Misi Muse Unplugged podcast. We've got an amazing show lined up for you today. If this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. The Misi Muse Unplugged podcast is produced every other Friday for your enjoyment. Show information, as well as any links shared on today's episode, can be found at www.misimuse.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSSS feed, SoundCloud, or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Just search for Christy Lindor or check out my blog at www.christylindor.com. Have a question about consulting? Would like to be a guest on the show? We would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at Unplugged at Gmail. That's Unplugged at Gmail. Now let's get on with today's show. You are now tuned in to the Meesey Muse Unplugged, a pop-up podcast variety show helping consultants along their journey to greatness with your host, management consultant, author, and blogger, Christy Lindor. So in today's episode, we will be doing a segment that I call AMA Ask Me Anything. And for those that are new to the show, AMAs are really virtual fireside chats where I get a chance to connect with other seasoned consultants and they share their journey in the profession and just really kind of catch us up to, you know, what things that they're doing and what's on their mind. For today's show, I also have a really, you know, good portion of the segment One of my mentees reached out to me a couple of days ago with a career situation that I'm sure for those who are are listeners may know someone going through it, something similar, and I'm going to ask my guest today to weigh in on the situation and see if we can give my mentee some more advice. So with that, I have the utmost pleasure of connecting with Ira Rose. She is a seasoned consultant at a big four. So Aya, welcome to the Misi Muse Unplugged. I'm super excited to have you today. I'm excited to be here as well, Chrissy. Thanks so much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to today's chat. Yeah, I am too. And I apologize in advance. Like, I've had a really bad cold. And so if I sound a little mannish <laughs> during our conversation, <laughs> I'm, hopefully I can clear my voice up. But I'm super excited to speak with you as well. I guess we'll, we can start with, you know, the first, first question. I, maybe you can give us a little bit of insights in terms of how you personally decided to go into consulting. Give us, you know, give the listeners a little bit of your background. That'd be great. Sure, sure, sure. So my journey and my path into consulting actually was not a straight line. You know, I started out in a consulting firm, but I was more working from an operations perspective. I had an accounting degree, and I worked. I worked on contracts and I worked with partners in terms of revenue optimization and, you know, how to properly staff engagements and things of that nature. So I worked more from the engagement operations side initially, and it was a very, very repetitive role. Every month I was doing the exact same thing. From the first through the fifth, I was, you know, closing down the engagement economics for the month and preparing for invoicing and working with contracts to, you know, just manage where we were in terms of period of performance and such. And 
I just did not enjoy it. And an opportunity came up with the same company to transition into the client-facing side, so to work as a financial management consultant. And I was super excited about that because it did allow me the opportunity to leverage both my accounting skills, but it also would give me the opportunity to be client-facing and work on more diverse and more varied project activities. And so that's how I ended up in consulting. Started out from a you know engagement or a revenue optimization perspective and then moved to moved to client-facing financial management consulting. From there, I went from, you know, the company that I was at, which was a, a targeted, it was more focused on government consulting, and then I moved into the big four space. And when I moved into the big four space, fortunately for me, I was able to expand my scope is not the right word, but definitely expand my skill set beyond just financial management And I then began to work in process improvement as well as program management. And that's where I am now. I'm in the program management area. So I'm mostly focused on helping clients either bring new solutions to their organization, whether that is IT solutions, stand up new organizational competencies, so establishing new functions within their organization and things of that nature. So program management is where I am now. Okay, awesome, awesome. And you know, as I hear about the journey you've had, you know, you, you went from kind of the off side of the house, which is actually really good skills, you know, when you think about how to run a practice or how to run an engagement. That's actually really, really important skills to have. So you kind of went from that, gone more into more of a financial management piece, then transitioned into process improvement, and now program management. Mm-hmm. Has it really been, you know, kind of every, you know, when you think about that journey, like has, has it really been everything you expected consulting to be in terms of what you thought it was in your mind? Well, what did I think it was? So what I initially thought it was, I definitely thought it was, oh, sexy, right? I thought that it was going <laughs> to be, <laughs> I definitely thought coming from the ops side of the house, I I thought that it would be oh, you know, you're going here this week, you're going to be working with this type of client, you know, big deals and the, that the, the time on an engagement will be shorter. High burn, I did expect that. I expected that it would be a lot of hours. I definitely probably came into consulting when it was definitely from the consulting side, I mean the government side of it. The programs and the, yeah, the programs and projects are much longer so that was yeah. different from what I expected. So we were talking about two-year-plus engagements out the door. The contract was for two years. The contract was for a five-year engagement. So that was not what I expected, but the mm-hmm. hours is what I expected. The rapid learning was definitely what I expected and what I'm grateful for. You know, what you did on Monday three three months ago will be so different from what you would do a whole quarter later or what you would know and your comfort level with a certain topic would be so different in that, that short amount of time. And so that was unexpected, but definitely I'm grateful for that and appreciated that about the work because it kept it so different and so interesting. Whereas coming from ops, like I said, I knew what I was going to be doing every day of the month for the most part because it was so routine. It was so on a financial cycle. We close the first through the fifth, you know, we reopen and we we continue with business. And so definitely the difference was how you come into work and 
the issues of the day drive what you focused on. And that was that was less expected, you know. Mm-hmm. Coming into consulting, we have a scoping statement. We have a statement of work, and we're told this is what we're going to be doing. Well, sometimes it, it kind of blooms a little differently than the way it was planted, right? right? <laughs> I feel like it, it. I feel like it always is different than what we expected, you know. Right, and so it's, that it's so funny. that part of it was different. Yeah, that part was different for me because I'm so used to, and maybe it was my financial background. Right, five plus five is ten, and so if you said that you were going to, you know, make X amount of dollars, that's what I expected. Whereas in consulting, the statement of work it starts out one way, and again, you could be doing something different by the end of that. So that part was a little different for me, was that everything was not as black and white as I thought it would be. Oh, we have a contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible when you're in the throes of the business versus looking, you know, from the outside in. It definitely is yeah. a different lens. Yeah. How long have you been, like, in consulting? Like, how many years would you say? I would say consulting directly probably about 12 to 13 years. You know, I've worked, I've taken some breaks out of consulting. Oh, I want to try industry, and I've always come back to consulting. Always. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I tried my hand at the regular, you know, working for, I worked for a healthcare analytics company, for example, and that was an experience. I was like, okay, I'm ready to maybe do something that is more stabilize, you know, that is more stable, where I can have some more predictability in my schedule. I know I will be home every single day versus the traveling that I do now. And it just was not a fit for me. After a short amount of time, I realized, yes, the variety of the work is what really drives me. And so, again, being in a role where things were predictable Monday to Friday was just, it was not a fit for me. It was a little bit, I felt stagnant and I felt in some respects, that I was pushing myself to maintain my skill set. <laughs> and right. we know in consulting that is it, you know, you grow or you go. So right, that, that's, right. That's, a different, that's a different dynamic to have to operate in. And so I, I definitely was like, let me get back into consulting and, and be more challenged. And, yes, it, you know, it's, it's more difficult, but it is more fulfilling for me. Right. No, I love that. You grow or you go. I'm going to start using that line because it's so true. It, it really it really encapsulates the lifestyle. So given that you have been in consulting for quite some time, what would you say is the one experience that you had, you know, that really shaped your values and, and how you do business today? Yeah. I think that, you know, of course there are a number of things that have shaped my values, but one thing that really sticks with me And something that I even use now to share with others is just being empowered as a woman and not, you know, sometimes we can, we can fade to black. We can decide to, you know, work around the exterior of the room instead of the interior and being fully present and upfront and being visible. And so I would say there was an instance when I was a senior consultant, not at, not at the firm that I'm at now, but at another firm. And at the time, I was working on performance improvement. So this is when I was working more in working with a financial organization to do some balanced scorecards, so developing metrics. And we created this whole framework, and we were going to be having my team 
and my senior manager and a couple of team members were going to be having a conference call with a client. And in preparation for that call, my team and myself, we've done a lot of work just to pull together the presentation materials, have some comps or comparative information from other organizations that would be relevant. A lot of times clients ask for, well, who else is doing this? What metrics are they looking at? And so we've done a lot of background research to provide that context. And during that conference call, I kind of expected that I would have more of a speaking role. And my senior manager at the time, and I'm sure it wasn't intentional, I'm thinking that he was just not certain or just felt comfortable leading the call, I will say that. Mm. And he led a lot of that discussion and dialogue. And I found myself kind of, you know, at the time we were using, I don't know if it was Link, some kind of instant messenger. And I was like feeding him things to say to the client, kind of prompting Mm. him and prepping him via instant messenger. Or, you know, I was trying to get him to look at it. He was looking at me for a certain pieces of information, and I'm kind of giving him that input. And our partner wasn't present for the full call, but he kind of was in and out of the room at the time. And then afterwards, you know, he said, not as, he didn't pull me aside as, as a, in terms of admonishing me or criticizing, but just saying, you know, I know that you know this information. I know that you have a good command of this data. You were giving so-and-so the information. I really want you to take that as an opportunity. Actually, there was a way for you to say, hey, let me just help you out here. Let me just add this so-and-so, meaning the manager who was on the call, and then you be the voice because that is how you begin to establish trusted advisor relationships. And he kind of, you know, coached me through that whole scenario. But the point there was that, you know, as women and as people, even more junior resources need to know that if you know the information and you have a command of the information, you should look for opportunities to be the face, be the voice, be the person who is presenting that, that you are not doing yourself any favors or even your engagement team any favors by kind of sitting in the background. Opportunities are given when we step up and when we speak up. And so just find ways to do that, to be confident, to not shy away from those opportunities. And that's something that definitely shaped my value. So, A, I always want to be prepared, but when I'm prepared, I also want to just look for that opportunity to influence and to speak up, to make sure that your voice is heard. And so that's something that that was very critical, and that feedback from that partner definitely helped shape me, you know, how I tackle those types of scenarios going forward. And I think as women, we sometimes have to knowingly and consciously take that action. That is something I definitely struggle with is, knowingly and consciously taking the action. That was that. a great story. As you were saying it, I was like nodding my I know you can't see me, but I was <laughs> nodding my head because you hit on some really key components of what I call, you know, being a great consultant. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in my book I have like a dip, like a manifesto of of what a great consultant looks like and and you kind of hit on two points. Like one of them is that every day you get to decide what type of consultant you want to be. And how do you take control of a situation of things that are, especially if it's within your control? And so I think that's a great, great lesson. And it's good to hear that you had an opportunity to to learn that, which is great. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that to your point, those things that are in our control, and that's, that's the best that we can do, right, is to when things are in our control, A, recognize that and do take some action 
that furthers that opportunity that allows us to either grow, helps us to help the client. You know, when it's within our control, we definitely should keep our eyes open for that. That's a, I thank you for reiterating that as well. It's within our control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Today's episode is brought to you on behalf of the Misi Muse. 100 plus selected practices, unwritten rules and habits of great consultants. A book by Christy Lindor. Written in the voice of a mentor, the Misi Muse provides insights on the unwritten rules of great consultants. A perfect read for new or aspiring consultants. Christy dives into her 15 plus years of consulting experience while sharing interviews and anecdotes from over 50 consulting partners and leaders that represents thought leadership from 80% of the top 10 consulting firms in the world. Pre-sale begins shortly. Sign up at www.macymuse.com. Hey, go-getters. Have feedback on today's show? Questions on consulting? Want to be a guest? We'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a line at macymuseunplugged at gmail. That's macymuseunplugged at gmail.com. You can also show us your support by downloading episodes, spreading the word to friends and family, or leaving us a review. Remember, Misi Muse Unplugged is a pop-up podcast, which means we'll stick around as long as we continue to hear from you. Thank you for your support. Now back to today's show. So fast forward now, you've been in the business for some time, and you know, you've come and gone, done different things, which is actually really good that you had a chance to get out of consulting and see something different. I said that's kind of another thing that I think younger consultants typically may not always you know, think they have that option that they could you could leave and come back, which is which is really cool about our profession that you can always come and go. Now, I don't think a lot of professions you have that type of you know you have that type of like flexibility, but I say take advantage of it. So I'm glad to hear that you did as well. I guess you know, looking back now, Aya, what advice would you give your younger self, knowing what you know now? The advice I would give my younger self is definitely take more risks. You know, do mm-hmm. hard engagements. Definitely, your younger self will have the energy <laughs> for some of those more difficult engagements. Those engagements that you know give you more visibility. Those engagements where you can get in and get your hands dirty. Take more risk and do those. Don't always fall for the or always take the safe route. Don't always say, "Well." You know, I actually had this conversation with actually a mentee probably a couple of years ago, and, you know, they spoke of going back to school, going back to B school, and toying with, you know, obviously they were going to be going back to school towards the, you know, towards the end of the summer, but what engagement should they take on before leaving? And there was, you know, do I want to just kind of coast through my summer, or do I want to do this engagement that's actually going to make me work? And, I say take the engagement that's going to really help you, that's going to make you work. Yeah, you're going to be going to school, and yes, please, you know, definitely take a break before you walk back into the doors of school. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with building up your toolkit. You're going to use those skills even in school. It will be nice Mm -hmm. that everything is not a struggle even in school. And so I just say my younger self, even in terms of, you know, I did government consulting and, you know, when I finally made the leap and started doing, you know, private sector or commercial consulting, why didn't I do this before? That's what I said to myself. So take yeah. the 
take those risks. You know, if it scares you, you probably should be doing it. <laughs> That's what I say. So, and I, I and I try to do that and, and actually do that in my daily life now. So there are certain things where people ask me to do it. I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that. And then I say to myself, why is it that you don't want to do it? Is there a fear? Okay, then you need to do it. <laughs> That's how right. we grow is that we confront our fears. So, you know, take more risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I totally agree on taking risks because there's just so much you get from the risk. And I think mm-hmm. I think we sometimes just build it up in our heads so yeah. much. We put all this stuff in front of it. We don't give ourselves the chance. So yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that. These so, terrible scenarios about these things. What's going to happen if I do it and it's not, it doesn't work? If you fail, so what? You actually learn so much more from your failures than you do your successes, I think. Right. I think right. so, yeah. No, that that is definitely definitely true. You know, based on your, your experiences now, what would you say makes a great consultant? I think in terms of what makes a great consultant, I think it definitely is the ability you know, I think it's the ability to connect with people. I know sometimes people might be expecting a, a technical answer for that type of question, but I think a lot mm-hmm. of the soft skills are what makes a great consultant. Obviously, the ability to listen to, once you listen and digest it, ask the right probing questions, but that's, that's less skill, and it is more about, you know, connecting with people being able to hear what they're saying, but also to hear what they're not saying, to get them to talk to you. Sometimes you can be more successful with a client if you understand what their individual motivations are. What's in it for them? What are they looking to get out of this particular engagement? What are they trying to take their career? Some of those things, you need to be able to connect with people to get to those answers. And I think that's what makes a good consultant is the ability to step back from a situation and look at things objectively that way. Right, right. That's so true, so true. Also, awesome. This is this is all great information. So I guess the last question I have, I understand that you have a blog. Here to tell our audience a little bit about your blog and, and what you're, you're up to with it right now? Certainly. So... My blog is bosschicksnetwork.com. I actually started the blog towards the end of last year, so like October of 2016, and it really came out of just a desire to help women kind of craft their path or kind of define their journey. As you asked me at the beginning of the call, you know, how did I end up in consulting? What have I learned along the way? I thought sharing that information among women would be helpful. It's something that my friends and I often talked about, you know, how do I deal with this situation at work? What should I do about this? You know, how do I have difficult conversations with colleagues or managers? And so I wanted to create a forum where that was something that we talked about, but it wasn't in an, in an unapproachable way. It's not heavy on business speak. It is plain spoken. It's, you know, I worked very hard to make it conversational tone, things in a way that's super approachable so that, again, it's not overwhelming. We're not going to talk about or I don't generally talk about, you know, this theory or that theory. I, I like for it to be much more digestible than that. And so it's a blog where we talk about we talk about career, we talk about life, but we talk about it in a very ordinary, in a very ordinary and a very everyday kind of way. 
So that's what Boss Chicks is. We recently, in March, I did a, a 31-day goal-getter challenge. We got a lot of good feedback about that. And again, it tackles things like creating a personal board of directors, making sure that you have a mentor. And then when you have a mentor, make sure you're a mentor to someone else. You know, how to share information, how to become a trusted advisor by sharing relevant information with clients and people in your circle of influence and just things like that. And so that's what the what the blog is about. It's not all that heavy. You know, I also have a travel series coming up, you know, where to go this this summer with your girls, where to go with your family and where to go with your bae. So, you know, it's it's career, it's lifestyle, it's the things that I tackle and I'm dealing with and things that I think the everyday woman is dealing with, the everyday professional career woman is dealing with. So we try to just talk about those topics from different angles. Yeah, I love your blog. Can I tell you that the was part of the 31-day challenge? For some reason, you know how, like, on social media these days, like, not every post comes up? So, like, I would, like, go online looking for your post, but I didn't, I couldn't, like, sometimes it wouldn't come through my feed. So then I had to, like, go and find it. But I know I've, because I was participating in the 31-day challenge. I don't think you realize that, but I was. And it actually helped me. Yeah, it actually helped me gain clarity. You know, like, it was just, like, I was always looking forward to it. So listeners, definitely check out, you know, Boss Chick Network and share your your handle. You know, you're on Twitter, Instagram. You can share a little. So so I'm on Twitter as Boss Chick Network. Again, Instagram. I'm Boss Chick Network everywhere. Instagram, Boss Network as well, and we do have a Facebook page where, you know, it's facebook.com forward slash Boss Chicks Network, and then the actual blog is www.bosschicksnetwork.com, and it's B-O-S-S-C-H-I-X network.com. So check us out, and thank you. I'm glad to hear that you participated in the challenge. I'm actually going to package up the challenge as kind of a as a one-pager, actually. So kind of putting all of the tips together and allowing people to download that so that, you know, you can That's always awesome. have it handy if you want to circle back and refresh on the challenge. So I'm working on doing pulling that together now. We'll have it up on the blog in the next couple of days. But that challenge, it, you know, even as I was crafting it, I said, yes, this is a good tip, but I need to do this more and I need to do it again. So Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. So thank you. Thank you for, for sharing about Box 6 Network. So thank you for, for in the conversation. I think you, you've really provided some great insight for junior consultants to consider. So I'm going to mm-hmm. switch gears towards, you know, the, the last leg of, of this interview. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I do have a dilemma that one of my mentees has reached out to me about. And I, uh, in the spirit of consulting and brainstorming <laughs> with her colleagues, would you mind helping me give her some guidance as well on the on the situation? No, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, Absolutely. awesome. So I'm just for, you know, confidence purposes, I'm going to just, let's call her Jennifer. So Jennifer sent me an email a couple of days ago, and I'm just going to read to you what she sent to me, and, and, talk, and we can talk about it. So she said, hey, Christy, it's been a while since we have connected. I wanted to share an unfortunate update with you. I found out yesterday that I will not be promoted to manager as I thought I would. Apparently, I was on the cusp, and I and I just didn't make it. It was a devastating blow because I worked my tail off, but my leadership didn't think that I, I did enough for the year. My counselor is useless. <laughs> That's, it's not funny, but the way she said it, I, I just can see her saying it. Like I'm, As I'm 
speaking. I can hear her voice. But she's saying, yeah, she said, my counselor is useless. She is all about her career and is not helpful unless it makes her look good politically. My plan B is to start looking for another job. I'm sure that if I go to another consulting firm, I will be able to go up as a manager, just given my years of experiences. I wanted to get your thoughts on if I should go look for another role at another consulting firm and, you know, get that manager role or if I should stay and, you know, wait another year to to get promoted or if I should just take this opportunity to do something different. Thanks, Christy, Jennifer. So given this scenario, and I feel like as a consultant, we hear this, I hear this at least a couple times a year where someone is up for promotion for whatever reason, there's a lot of varying reasons, but for whatever reason, they don't make it. And then, you know, they're so upset, you know, that they yeah. they want to, like, either leave or they want to, like, go to another firm. I know for Jennifer, I you know, me knowing her for the last, you know, five or six years, I know that, you know, Jennifer, one of her big, her end goals is to stay and make partner. So, you know, she's not one of those individuals that is, is in consulting just to get, you know, some really cool experiences in a short amount of time. She's in right. it for the long haul. She's in it for the um, long haul. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. So, so, so what what advice do you think when you hear this scenario? What comes to your mind, Aya? One of the things that comes to my mind with this scenario is just being very intentional about getting a detailed debrief. Do not let this be a surface conversation where, you know, your counselor is just giving you your review and saying, do you have any questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. probe ask questions. What could I have done differently? What were the differentiators? You know, what is it about my body of experience from this past year that was not enough? What was enough? Give me examples of the individuals who were promoted. What was enough? You know, so I would say just this is not the time to kind of shark back and just take it. Yes, you weren't promoted, but find out from, and a, you know, with as much detail as possible, what were the differentiators? You know, what made the difference? If it's not your counselor who's going to tell you, you know, have a conversation with your partner, your engagement partner, your practice partner, whomever, just to find out what was lacking in terms of the support. Because I know at least for the company, for the firm that I'm with, you need partner support for that promotion. And if you have partner support, most times it can happen for you. So just be very diligent about finding out why you did not make it this year. Not with the chip on your shoulder, but from the perspective of trying to learn more and to do better and improve yourself. That's the first thing I think is get Mm -hmm. that debrief, get a detailed debrief to the extent possible. And then the next thing I would say is just considering that relationship with that counselor, you know, objectively consider do you have the right counseling relationship Counseling is a hard role to have. As a counselor, Uh I certainly understand the challenges of being a counselor and trying to juggle your own career, juggle client delivery. It's hard. It's hard. So I'm very appreciative to my counselor and for those who serve in quasi-counselor roles to me. You know, the person who may not be my counselor, but I still call them up and say, talk to me about this situation. I appreciate the time that they invest in those situations. But be objective. If that counselor counseling relationship is not a fit. This is the time to make a switch to, you know, a situation that will be more, you know, more helpful to you. 
But I do understand that it is, it's hard to be a counselor. Gosh, I have two counselees, and sometimes I'm so stressed because you want to give them the right amount of coaching and support, but, gosh, it's only a certain amount of time in the day. So be objective about it and just make sure that it's not, you know, just make sure that you're looking at it objectively if you want to change counselor relationships. And then also, and this goes without saying, is make sure that you're not just leaning on the counselor and the partner relationships. You need so many advocates sometimes to help you get over that hump. She sounds mm-hmm. like she's doing the right thing. She has an external mentor, someone who, you know, is outside and can certainly give her objective perspective, but also she's going to probably want more advocates at the table for her at the next roundtable discussions or whatever they're called at, at her firm. So make sure that you have more people who can say, oh, yeah, it goes without saying she's ready. Oh, she did this for me. She's so ready. So that it is not, you know, so it isn't just one or two people's opinion. It's it's several people who can kind of beat the table and say, yeah, she's ready. These are things that I think, you know, that that's my off the top of my head advice for her. You know, not knowing yeah. the situation and types of projects that she's on, maybe also just make sure she's taking on challenging assignments on those projects. But those, again, are table stakes to me. I think it goes without saying that you should be doing these things. But the extra thing, you know, the extra yeah. things are making sure people can advocate for you. So I totally agree with every everything you just said, Aya. And I, I agree. It definitely is the, the detailed debrief, you know, Thinking about, some, you know, with a counselor, like, you know, what to do there. I'm going to add a couple of other things, I think, just to kind of round out what you shared. I think before, you know, people decide to jump to a different firm and, and you know, you got to kind of recognize what that means, really. And this is coming from someone who has, you know, I've, I've been in a situation where I got upset for various different reasons and have decided to leave a firm for one reason or another. And I think sometimes in the heat of those emotional decisions, we forget that, you know, leaving and going somewhere different means that you're actually kind of resetting the clock a couple years back, right? Because you have to now go into a new firm and you have Mm -hmm. to build, you know, build a whole new, you know, brand, network, credibility, and that's something that just takes time. And so... You know, while yes, you can go, you can go to another firm at a different level, at the you know, at the level that you're seeking to do. Guess what? You're competing with individuals that's been at that firm, that's have those relationships, and they have that visibility. And you're competing with them at the end of the year, right? So that yeah. means you got to come into the door. You got to come in guns a blazing, right? You got to like come in ready to ramp up and run like a gazelle for a couple of years. And so, yeah. you know. Is it worth it? You know, is it worth walking away from all the relationships you've had and you've built and the credibility you have, you know, when you can, in your current state, do a, a, a 20% pivot? And I'm sure if you get the debrief, as you just, Aya, you just said, right. you get the debrief, you understand kind of what's happening with the your counselor. I'm sure with a 20%, you know, pivot and a focus, you'll probably be promoted next year, right? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. so there's that piece. The second piece to that is, I think there's sometimes junior consultants are so in a rush to get promoted that we sometimes forget what that means. And and when I say that, meaning to be promoted, you have to be already operating at the next level, like already for, you know, at least a year or two. 
So yeah. it's not like, oh, okay, I've been in this space, you know, I've been in this in this role for two, three years, it's time for me to be promoted. You know, you should be asking, am I ready? You know, am I am I currently so manager level, you know, and I know manager means different things at different firms. You know, the firm she's at is the past firm I worked at in the past. That means that you're running projects. That means that you're yeah. able to drive delivery. That means that you're able to lead a team. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel, you know, that would be the question, Jennifer, that I would ask is, like, when you look at other managers and you look at what you're doing today, are you doing the same work? Or is it that you think you're ready to do that work? And that's two different questions. And I think that's, two different, you know, yeah. yeah, two different things to consider. And then the last thing is, like, you know, if this is long-term, like, I know she's, this is what she wants to do, which is fantastic. You know, think about the culture. I would love to speak to her, and you know, about this. Because I know in the past where I have, she's really enjoyed the culture of the firm. Even though it's, it's high-performing and it's a lot of demands, she likes the culture. And so that, there's something to be said about walking away from a culture you really like. Because yes, the grass is not absolutely. always greener. You know, like the, the grass is not, not the same at every farm. It really is yeah, not. It's, and so it's not. To, it's, that, I think, is the biggest part of fit for so many people is the culture piece, right? The work in a lot of cases can be the same, but it ends up being about the people and culture. So mm-hmm. if you found a culture space that works, that's hard to, to find again. I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. So... I mean, it's not the advice that she probably wants to hear, but, I mean, and it feels like from what you're saying as well, I, it, it sounds like, you know, take a deep breath. I know, mm-hmm. you know, you're very upset, you know, that you didn't get what you wanted. You know, learn from this. How do you learn from this? How do you take this as an opportunity to to pivot? How do you take this as an opportunity to maybe have different conversations with your counselor or seek, you know, you know guidance from others? And, you know, how do you do this to, like, to make sure it's, you're not just make, you know doing something on, on reaction. Yeah, it's not a so, death blow, right? It doesn't have to be yeah. there. There are definitely no. people who've gone up for promotion and did not get it year one and got it the second time they went up. And they yeah. they would tell you the, the same thing. And, and, oh, by the way, that doesn't just happen going from senior to manager. It can happen at any level. I, I know mm-hmm. people who went up for partner the first time and didn't get it. So, right. <laughs> And turned around and did get it the next time, you know. So right. this is not something that is unique to you. And it, it may not be the only time. And it's happened to people that, at, you know, as I've mentioned, who are further along in their career. So, you know, don't take that to mean that the firm is not invested in you. It just means you may need more time. You may need more specific experiences. But you got to find that out first. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. So, Jennifer, you know, I think plan B is stick it out, you know, stick it Hang out. Hang in there. Hang in there. You know, this is a blip. If this, if you're in it for the long term, you know, in a 20-plus year career, this is nothing, you know. So, yeah. you know, think of it long term, hanging out, you know, and, and then I would say definitely just make sure to, to take things to the next level so that you are being promoted, and I would love to have you on the show when you do, so. With that, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Aya. Thank you so much. You brought so much to the table. And, folks, please don't forget to check out com. And if you also, as Michael Gutters, you're also having a career dilemma or just want another opinion about your consulting career, 
email us at unplugged at gmail.com. If you want to stay anonymous, feel free to use a, a burner email, and we'll be happy to have your, your questions on the air. With that, thank you so much, Aya. It's been a pleasure, and um, have you. a great day, everyone. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This pop-up podcast was inspired by my upcoming book, The Misi News, 100 Plus Selected Practices, Unwritten Rules, and Habits of Great Consultants. I have people asking me over the last year many questions about this book, but the one question that comes up constantly is, Christy, you have such a demanding career. How did you find time to write this book? And honestly, the answer is simple. I really sought to become the mentor that I wish I had earlier in my career. In the beginning of my career, I didn't have many mentors, um, mental maps of what success really looked like, and I really struggled with that in, in a lot of different ways. But what's nice about struggles is that I overcame them, I grew stronger, more competent, and I'm so excited where I am today in my career. I, I just want to share you know, what I've learned and be able to help you. And so I wrote the book, you know, with my years of experience, but I also had an opportunity, an amazing opportunity to connect with over 50 or so consulting partners and leaders across the industry, sharing their stories, their antidotes, their resources on how you could be a great consultant yourself. So do me a favor, pick up your phone right now. Go to www.mecnews.com. If you scroll down, you'll see a little box to sign up for uh, the book pre-sale notification. Go ahead and sign up for it. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback on uh, my book as well as the podcast. So thanks again for listening. And here's to your journey to greatness.